Pierce Jackson, you're a Jesuit and you're the director of the Manresa Jesuit Centre of Spirituality here in Dublin, out in Clontarf. It's International Labyrinth Day this Saturday and you actually have a labyrinth here in the garden and have had for some time. First of all, tell me about the labyrinth and why you would have it in a centre of spirituality. We installed the labyrinth maybe five years ago or six years ago and at the time we just put it in the grass so it's a moon labyrinth it would be called a labyrinth in the Chartres style so it's 11 circuits and it's been there for the last number of years and it's used continuously people either on retreat use it or people who come in from outside just to walk the labyrinth uh, take the opportunity of the lovely setting that it's in just near the coast among very mature trees and during the summer it's located in what becomes a meadow which used to be a lawn but now it's a beautiful meadow with uh, wildflowers and insects and bird life that has really returned beautifully there with the labyrinth situated in that context. And what exactly is the point of the labyrinth? I mean it takes how long to walk it and maybe for people who haven't been in one before explain it to them. Well sometimes people refer to it as a maze but a maze is intended to confuse and to be something that people figure out with their minds by attending to it. And in a maze you can get lost. A labyrinth is different in that there's one path. It's universal. There's one way in, there's one way out. So you're not so much attending to finding your way as you're on a deeper level looking and seeing in what way does this compare to my life's path. So in walking a labyrinth, it's typically offered as a spiritual activity, as an opportunity for a person to consider where they are in life what it is like for them simply to engage in trusting the path, in following the path, in sometimes meandering and coming in and out as the path goes towards the centre, but not always in a straight line, as it were. And that sometimes reflects for people, oh, my life is like that because I think of my life in this way or that way. So it's something that's offered as a spiritual tool. There is no rule for a labyrinth. There's no particular code of conduct as such. But it's for each person to use it as an opportunity to see what the metaphor for them is at the time at which they walk it. I've walked it myself, actually. I haven't been over here. And what I noticed was, in a way, you just let it lead you because you go in one part of the circle and you're blocked off and you have to follow around the other bit. And then suddenly, before you know it, even though it takes a while, you're in the centre. Just when you've got used to not arriving anywhere, you arrive in the centre. So it does kind of calm the mind and get you into more meditative flow as you walk. It does. And the way we have it here, it's where you're walking it, you're involved in a sense fully and physically and and following your your path and moving bodily. But there are other ways of doing labyrinths as well that many people may use, even on World Labyrinth Day, if they can't attend a walk with others, if they don't know where there's a labyrinth perhaps, or if they can't travel to one, they can quite easily print out a, a page and follow one with your finger or just by tracing sometimes a profile that might be carved in stone. Uh, and these stone carvings are very ancient in Ireland. Uh, there is one in Wicklow, the Hollywood Stone, that is in the Glendalough Visitor Centre that's there. 
And there's another very ancient one in Cashel, in the Rock of Cashel, which has really been recognised only in the last decade or so as being a labyrinth of a particular style that now is replicated in Chartres Cathedral, where it's in the cathedral itself, and is increasingly becoming into focus as a spiritual opportunity for people. One of the ways, I think, that helped me to, to think about them historically is that they were very much like the Stations of the Cross. So people who couldn't go on pilgrimage to Jerusalem would trace those steps in their local church. And the labyrinth, similarly, was an opportunity for people to go on a long pilgrimage in a small space. Mm-hmm. So you could take a meditative walk without having to go a great distance. So you were walking slowly and quietly or at your own pace, following the path, repeating certain directions, but all the time moving forward. And the three parts of the labyrinth, in a sense, you might say, are going in, arriving at the centre and coming out. And they're often overlaid with a sort of spiritual meaning of what am I offering to God? What am I taking on? What am I letting go? So different ways of approaching with a deeper meaning. How old are the labyrinths in that whole tradition? Because it does go back a long way, doesn't it? Well, say the one that's in Cashel or in Chartres was from the 11th century. So when Cormac's Chapel was built, the labyrinth was carved on the, the high cross there. So it, it's that ancient in Christian terms. They probably predate that in Christian terms as well, because we can find them in various Christian churches around even North Africa. Uh, they go back to the early centuries. But even before Christianity, they were being used. Some people would make a connection with the carvings at Newgrange, and they'd say that they were similarly, that people would have had a ritual of following and tracing those loops and those spirals as a way of engaging in mystery, which we don't really know what that was. But in Christian understanding, they've been used pretty much from the early centuries as a way of becoming interior, becoming a little more reflective and helping people to consider. But the classical labyrinth goes back to the legends of Crete, where the king was Minos and his daughter Ariadne. And Ariadne, the story of helping her prospective lover, I think, to find his way out of the labyrinth by giving him a red ball of thread, which is called a clue. So a clue (laughs) is a way of finding your way. So the clue that she gave him is is part of, in our English word still, of, of clue, the hint, the way of finding the way. So that suggests that it might have been more of a maze than a labyrinth if he was going to likely to get lost. But of course, the big danger then was the minotaur, the, the bull-like creature that lived in the centre of the labyrinth in, the, in that legend. So that's the most ancient association of labyrinths is with that Cretan um, image that's still very much associated with Crete. So it goes back, I think, thousands of years there. But sometimes people will point out that in some of the early European labyrinths on the carved stones in Galicia, that they were often perhaps a way like a puzzle that people would have learned the trick, as it were, of tracing them and then being able to hand them on to others. So wherever people gathered, there were often these intricate carvings that were done, starting out perhaps by painting on the stone and gradually being carved into the stone. The one you have out here in Manresa, did the person who mould that out of the grass, were they following a pattern and did they know how to do it? They were. It was Tony Christie of Labyrinth Ireland did it and he would have been working very much on the scale of the our lawnmower, 
what we were going to cut it with, and the location. So they were the things that he was looking at. And so it turns out to be quite a big labyrinth, and, and maybe as big as they can go comfortably. So it takes, if you're walking slowly, it can take quite a while. It can take as long as you like, as it were, to walk. So it, it was worked out very much on that scale. And then the pattern is what's called the Chartres pattern, and it's an 11 circuit labyrinth. So there's a number of established patterns and then there are often variations on that and variations on the classical labyrinth and variations then that have been introduced more recently uh, as people have offered labyrinths. For, for instance, in South Africa, one was developed during the time of the reconciliation process as a way of embodying or epitomizing that process. So there are many patterns around and this one that we have and the most common one very often is the Chartres or the classical labyrinth is another one that's quite popular. And they can have a number of circuits. And the circuits is simply describing how many concentric rotations one does. Finally, this Saturday, people have already signed up to come here to celebrate International Labyrinth Day. What will they be doing? So people will come either for the day during which we will take some time to describe the, the, the history, the origin of labyrinths, something about maybe the making of them, drawing of them yourself, uh, different ways of using them uh, for one's own reflection. And twice during the day, we will take the opportunity with the group that's here for the day of going out to walk the labyrinth. So in the morning, say before lunch and after lunch, people may come who just want to do that part. They just want to, to do the walk. And the walk, it's quite an interesting thing to experience a labyrinth walk with a group if people are used to walking it on their own. Because being with a group introduces something else in the experience of being in the company of others, having to sometimes negotiate and navigate the labyrinth when there are people on it. That all has a potential for people then to think at another level of what it is like for them to live with and to work with other people and to bring them into their prayer and their reflection. Are there spaces available if people want to come? There are indeed, yeah. And anybody who's interested is always welcome to inquire about walking it on their own, finding out from reception. Uh, generally speaking, it's available. That's during the year? During at any time. And because the, the house runs with in silence by and large, uh, the labyrinth is very often a, a, a quiet experience, a solitary experience. So the quiet garden is something that we value. So people who look for that quiet, they will find that a very suitable thing to do. So we're all, we always welcome people for that. Groups are by arrangement. We're happy to facilitate them. There is a list online, as everything is. You'll find there's a labyrinth locator that will show you a list of labyrinths. So you may find one near to you there or uh, one somewhere that you might like to visit. And I think you'll find our labyrinth with a photograph on that as well. And www.manresa.ie On manresa.ie there's a page dedicated to the labyrinth and uh, there too we'll have a link to the labyrinth locator.